Thanks for joining us for the Exchange Church Podcast. Here's this week's message from our special guest. It's for you as well. So I don't want you to check out, well, I'm not married, so I mean, this morning isn't for me. It is. It is. Because I want to open your eyes to things, because truth is truth. It doesn't matter. Yes, that's mine. Uh, (laughs) He's nine weeks, so uh, God has just blessed us incredibly. My wife, Heidi. Uh, as she walks out, bye, baby. Love you. Uh, so, yeah, we've got, there's just a lot going on as far as uh, us digging into marriage. So there's a lot I want to share with you this morning. So let's jump in this morning. Anytime I teach on marriage, I call it love lessons from the king because God's word is so packed with everything that we need to have a godly marriage. Come on. Everything that we need to have a godly marriage is there in his word. Everything we need to have godly children is there in his word. So this is a love lesson given to us by the king. And so as we read scripture and we read about marriage, he is equipping us to do it in a way that, can I just tell you something? Your greatest testimony in your life, and I don't care where where your old history is and what you came out of, if you were in a drug addict and set free, can I just tell you, your greatest testimony will be your marriage. You need to grab a hold of that this morning. Your greatest testimony, it's a world changer. When people look at your marriage and they begin to say, man, I want what you have. It's your opportunity to share how you got it. Come on. How, how did we get to where we're at? It's so easy to talk about this. Oh, I mean, you can just say, oh, we're just blessed. But I would just encourage you to say, can I tell you how we developed the marriage that we did? We never quit. We never stopped. We dug into God's word. We continue to make him the number one thing in our marriage, not our kids, not each other. It was always about God first. As we begin to do those things, you open a door to begin to just bring somebody into a life of Christ. It's your greatest testimony. And so I want to encourage you with something real quick before we go too far into the, into the message. How many of you know and have heard that the divorce rate is 50%? Most of you. How many of you understand that most studies show it's the exact same thing in the church as it is outside the church? Or that, I mean, it's just a minimal difference, right? Can I tell you something? There, there was a research study done here recently about seven years ago that I want to share with you this morning because I want it to be good news for you in your marriage. They said couples who are born again, both of them, right, giving their life to Christ, they're regular attendees in church services, okay, not regularly that we go three times a year, Christmas, Mother's Day, and and Easter, right? No, regular attendees, right, in the church services, They both declare that, man, Christ is number one in our life. We're sold out for Christ. They pray together. And they serve in some capacity at their church. I'm not talking about leadership. I'm I'm saying it could be greeters. It could be ushers. It could be any area. Serving in those areas, the divorce rate is less than 12%. Less than 12%. I want to encourage you this morning, if you haven't fully connected to this house, it's time. Connect. 
your marriage may depend on it. If you're at a place in your marriage where it's, it's struggling, and it's like, man, we just can't stop bickering and fighting, engage. Engage. Not just in each other, but in more of what God has for you. It's amazing what begins to happen. Amazing. By the way, all those numbers are messed up. I'm just being honest with you. I mean, I, I agree with this less than 12%. The divorce rate is like 43% for first-time marriages. That's outside the church. Inside the church, it's less than 30%. The study proved that as well. I, I want you guys to understand we don't have to succumb to what the news tells us or what some study tells us, but we can live this thing out for ourselves. Amen? That's an important, important thing. So that has nothing to do with my message, really. But I want to jump in this morning and get into what I have for you. And really what I would title this message is, Honey, You Need a Bath. So I'm speaking to the men, but it may not be what you think. Honey, you need a bath. And let's look here at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 27. It says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Now listen, let's stop real quick. Let's look at this passage real carefully. Let's start here, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Now that's pretty straightforward. That's pretty clear for us men. All right, we can understand that. It should be easy. You know what it's saying? Stop being so stinking selfish. Come on. Stop being selfish and love your wife more than you love yourself. You know what that means? That means praise God for the DVR because I can pause the game and go do what she needs me to do. Amen. Am I the only one grateful for that? Uh, come on. That's what we need to do. It's okay. Just don't go to your phone and get your ESPN app, uh, you know, update or whatever. Put it aside. You know something happened because it's done its dun -dun 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 -dun. So you know something big happened. But go back and watch it. Stop for a minute to take care of your kids. Stop for a minute to take care of your wife. Come on. Love her more than you love yourself. And the word says that he gave himself up for her. Gave himself up. Well, you don't know, Pastor Bo, I, I would die for my wife. Sure you would. Every one of us in here would. We would. I mean, if, if the plane was hijacked and they grabbed your wife, of course you would step up and say, no, 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 take me. But the real question is, is would you die every day for your wife? Are you willing to do that daily, day in and day out, sacrifice for your wife? And why are we doing this? To make her holy. Cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. And here's where I want to focus today. See, as a pastor, I've been pastoring for a little over 12 years, and I hear these statements all the time from different men that come in. Well, you know, my wife, my wife and I have been married for five years, seven years, whatever it may be, and she still hasn't learned to treat me with the respect and the honor that the Bible requires a wife to show her husband. My question is always the same. How is it you've been married to your wife this long and there's been no change in her? Come on, man. It's 
our duty to begin to wash our wives with the word of God, to help refine them in different areas. And, and yes, it works both ways, but I really want to focus on the men here because I feel like there's a lot of women that are just naturally do this. It's true. Don't, not, don't always do it well. I'm just being honest. But it's a natural because I hear of that from guys all the time. She's always trying to change me. It's like, praise God. But we as men, we just go, oh, I mean, that's, I mean, and we'll say silly things like, because we're in church, right? Oh, that's, she's still the exact same as when I married her. When inside you're going, God, I wish she would just stop doing this thing. Come on. R.C. Sproul's, he approaches the problem in much the same way. He says, after marriage, the biggest single influence on the development of a wife's personality and character is the husband. Whoa. Did you catch that? It's the husband. When a man comes to me and complains that his wife has changed since they got married, I immediately respond, who do you suppose changed her? In a sense, the wife a man has is the wife he produced. If he has a monster, maybe he should examine his own nature. In the Ephesians passage, it's clear that the husband is called to be the priest of the home. The man is responsible for the spiritual well-being of his wife. Her sanctification is his responsibility. Her holiness is your responsibility, men. There is probably no male task that has been more neglected than this one. Wow. In seeking the, the sanctification of the church, there is in a sense, there is a sense in which Christ seeks to change his wife. So the husband is called to change his wife. The change is to be toward a higher conformity to the image of Christ. We should seek to present our wives to Christ as holy and blameless, without spot or wrinkle. Ooh, that's a big charge for us as husbands. Come on, man. That's a big charge for you and I. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. What? Why? To make her holy. Cleansing her by the washing with the, of water with the word. So this passage is telling us that it's part of the husband's role to, to assist in this progressive sanctification process in his wife. And can I tell you, men, as her spiritual leader, and you are, whether you accept it or not, you must set her apart. You must make her holy, purifying her through the scriptures. You must help her through the word to remove any spiritual spots and wrinkles and any other such thing that is not conformed to the image of Christ. Come on, that is our call. And you do this by obeying and using the word, God's word, not your word. God's word, come on. In all of your dealings with her. You know, it's, it's remarkable how many Christians believe that they can grow spiritually without regular intake of scripture. Oh, I know, I See, I love coming as a guest speaker because I can step all over your toes and go home, right? But it's true. It's true. I mean, most of us believe that. Well, I'm growing. Out of what? Out of what Pastor Trey said last Sunday. Wonderful. What have you done with it since then? What are you doing on Monday and on Tuesday and Wednesday? Or am I just hanging on till next Sunday? Man, it's Friday and I'm about there because my tank is empty. If your tank is empty, it's on you. Come on, fill it. 
fulfill it. Intake the scripture. See, many seem to think that they can grow in Christ, develop character, and solve problems with little, if any, time invested in reading, studying, memorizing, or meditating on the Word of God. The Word of God is necessary to produce lasting change in your life. Can I tell you that? It is necessary for producing lasting change in your life. And the Holy Spirit takes the scripture that you have internalized, that that you have taken in and through, whether it's been through Bible reading, through studying, memorization, meditation, whatever it may be, and then he uses that to transform your life for Christ, to transform you from the inside. Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. See, we cannot be properly sanctified without the word of God. Neither can your wife, husbands. We need this. This is where we must learn to use the word of God effectively, even in the middle of the chaos of a daily life. We must learn to use scriptures to teach, to convict, to correct, and to train them in righteousness. Whoa, stop, hold on. Did you just say I'm supposed to train my wife? Yes, I did. But yeah, guess what? Before you get mad at me, let's see what Scripture says about it. 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, that's to convict, for correction, for training in righteousness. Come on. There's a particular doctrine that's out there that's gained a lot of steam here over the last couple, really a couple decades. You can find it in Christian books. You can find it in Christian magazines or seminars and even in some local churches. And it goes something like this. A Christ, you know, Christian spouses should never try to counsel each other because counseling presupposes a problem and therefore places one partner above the other or damages one's self-esteem in that situation. And can I just tell you something? Whether this is popular or not, there's a big problem with this concept. It's unbiblical. It's unbiblical. Absolutely we're to counsel each other. The Bible is full of verses that speak of believers counseling one another. Counseling is like, can't just we talk about counseling, it's like one person looking down. No, counseling is like feeding someone. So today I might be feeding you, but tomorrow the table may be turned and you may be feeding me something. Counseling, counseling is not someone that sits on high and speaks down to everybody else below them. That's not the case. You've got things that I need. I've got things that you need. That's how counseling works. It's not this one person that's sitting on high and speaking down to everyone around them. Ephesians 5.26 said, Do this to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word. And it implies such counseling on the part of the husband to his wife. But on the other hand, we can see in Genesis 2, it says, Then the Lord God said, It's not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. And that, again, speaks to the, what the wife does for the husband. And yes, it speaks directly to that same kind of counseling from a wife to a husband. And can I just tell you, if there's anything that God desires a wife to help her husband with, it's to be a better Christian. Come on. The use of the scripture in loving confrontation 
is a door that swings both ways in the context of a biblical marriage. Swings both ways. So, I mean, maybe you said this, okay, I'm getting the concept, but, I mean, how am I supposed to do this? I'm glad you asked. Because I've got just a few things here. Listen, I'm going to move through them pretty quick. So if you need to take a screenshot or if you're taking notes, get ready to move. But we're going to jump into them. Here are the, some of the things that you can do. And I'm speaking more so to the men, but ladies, you'll pick up some of this stuff as well. Make sure that your wife has enough time in her daily schedule for personal Bible study and prayer. Uh, now, I, Don't worry, I expected the crickets. This may involve getting up earlier or rearranging your schedule so that you can watch the kids during this time. Not, not an amen from a lady? I mean, my, are you serious? My goodness. Come on. I don't know about y'all. I'm used to a rowdy church. I mean, I like a playoff atmosphere in the room. And I'm an amen pastor, so if I don't get an amen, I just go back and say it again. We can start back at page one if y'all would like. Because I know there's a second service, but I ain't in any hurry. Come on. That's the first one. Here's the second one. <laughs> Somebody picks up quick. I got it. Spend time with her regularly at least once a week in Bible study. In Bible study. Come on. Come on, man. When's the last time you got into bed with your wife and brought a Bible with you? Hello. Come on. Grow up. Let's go. Encourage her to ask you for help in answering any question she may have about Bible doctrine or application. Well, I don't know if that's about that. You know more than I do. Open your Bible and study. Tell her, I don't know, but I'll find out. You call Pastor Trey. You find out. Come on. Are you the leader of your home? Because we, we like to say I'm the king of the castle. Are you? Then step up. Let's go. If they desire to know what the word is saying, have them ask their husbands. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Come on. Ask her to memorize a portion of scripture together with you and then hold each other accountable to it. Oh, make that fun. Make that one. That's a, that's a fun one. Whoever gets it done first gets this reward, gets this thing. Come on, make that, that could be a blast. Just say, y'all married, come on, you'll figure it out. Here's the next one. Make and explain your decisions on the basis of Scripture. Ooh. Well, I just, because I said so and I'm the man of the house. That don't work. Come on. Come on. Make and explain your decisions based on Scripture. Commend her for any and all biblical character trait which she possesses. You see reverence, you see self-control, you know, any of these things. Discretion, love, joy, peace, gentleness. You see the fruits of the Spirit in her, compliment her on it. Yeah, I was just noticing the other day when the kids did this, how well you handled that. You did it with such grace. Can I tell you, little deposits like that, man, that starts adding up quick. It adds up a whole lot faster than just a big vacation in the summer. I'm serious. Right? Most of us men will just just draw out, draw out, draw out of our spiritual, our, our marital bank account, and then we get toward the end, and then it's like, oh, this is bad. Boom, we're going to go to Europe. And it doesn't work. You need these deposits daily, daily, 
Make every effort to provide her with valid scriptural reasons when you can't give her what she wants. Come on, explain your reason to her. Maybe it's a big purchase, maybe it's this thing, maybe it's that thing. Explain it out of scripture as to why. Be alert to even the smallest indication of spiritual growth and maturity in her and praise her for them. I know most men are, are words of affirmation. They like to be told how wonderful they are, how good they are at this, how great they are at that. Come on, do that for your wife. Be certain that you never criticize her other than on scriptural grounds. Encouraging her to do the same with you. Come on. That's what we need to do. Don't criticize her on any other, for any other reason than what you find in Scripture. Base it on Scripture. Learn how to restore her in accordance with such passages as Matthew 18, 15, Luke 17, 3, Galatians 6, 1. When she does sin. Because guess what? She's going to fail. Just like you. Right? Come on, learn to encourage her through that and restore her through that. Encourage her to be faithful in attendance to church where she can sit under the faithful preaching and teaching of the word. Set a good example of faithfully attending yourself first. Well, we're going to the game. Well, that's okay because Cowboys don't play till three. That's only if you're holy in Cowboys, but... Encourage other opportunities she may have to study and learn the scriptures, individually or with others. Get her to go, get her to come to women events. Get her to connect with other ladies where she can grow. Provide scriptural-based music for her to enjoy when at home or in the car. That is the easiest one. Come on, man. And go to Spotify, make her a playlist. She'll listen. Come on, put some good stuff in there that you know will minister to her. Learn how to relate the scriptures to life and life to the scriptures. Talk of them often. If your wife enjoys reading, invest in biblically sound books. Come on, make some purchases. Make the dinner hour an enjoyable time of discussing biblical truth and personal application of scripture. Oh, I know, I lost y'all on that one. You're like, what? Enjoyable time talking about biblical truth? Can I just tell you something? If you don't think it's fun to talk about those things, you haven't studied your word. The more you dig in, the more exciting it gets to dig into those kind of things and be able to share those things. Determine which areas in her life she desires to change most and why she desires to change them. Use these areas as springboards to search the scripture together for God's answers. Be sure you also tell your wife the changes you would like to see in your own life and seek her assistance and prayers. You know, if you did every one of these things, marriage would be awesome. I can't tell you, it would be great. It would be. Because not only would you be changing, she would be changing, the marriage would be changing, the home life would be changing. You imagine sitting down at dinner and talking biblical truths with the kids there, making personal application to it. It's a great start. This is a great start. And listen, I, please don't go home and try to do every one of these. 
pray about it. What's God saying? Which one of those jumped off the screen to you? Hopefully it's not just the easy one with Spotify, but it works. Jump into it. Grab one or two of them and go for it. Fun. You taking the step to start begins to change your marriage. Can I just tell you that? You deciding to do one of those things changes your marriage. You know how I know that? Because one day I sat in a, in a pew somewhere at an, old, at an old church that I was at, sitting down in a pew. Say, it, was, it was a pew. That's why I said that, right? We were in these pews, and God pierced my heart, and it was an opportunity for me to make a decision to fully give my life to him. I'd done it when I was real young, but I had strayed, and I had this opportunity to step out and do it. Do you know when the salvation process began for me? When I made that first step. When I stepped out the aisle, instantly I was changed. Before I ever got down and anybody prayed for me at that moment. Why? Because I knew I was going for change. I was starting something new. Take that first step. Here's the big question. But what if my wife knows more about the Bible than I do? How can I teach her? It's a great question, man. Keep in mind that God has made you the spiritual leader of your home. And has charged you with the responsibility of washing her with the word. So that, that alone should answer your question. You can teach her because God requires you to do it. He's not going to require you to do something that he's not going to equip you to be able to do. It, it, it's like this. It's as if God has put you in a uniform. Man, it's like you're wearing a uniform. And that uniform may be a few sizes too big. It might really just sag all over you because it may be way too big for you. But here's what you have to remember. God gave it to you not to hurt. He gave it to you not to hurt. So if your wife is a Christian, she's required to salute the uniform even if it's too big. Come on, wives. Even if it's too big, you're required to salute the uniform. And as you grow into that uniform, men, you both may feel more comfortable with the arrangement as it begins to fill, as you begin to fill out that uniform. But for now, you've got to learn to function accordingly. It's all about you stepping into the role that God has called you to do. And listen, some of you, your wife knows so much more about the Bible, you're in no danger of ever catching up to her. That's okay. Who cares? Who cares? That's not even what we're talking about today. Today is about you becoming the spiritual leader in your home, men. The real issue of being a spiritual leader is not so much about Bible knowledge, but rather the direction in which you're going. Let me get four men real quick as I wrap up this morning. Come on. Come right here. Come here, Alphany. Lawrence, stand over there. So Lawrence is going to play God. Stand right here for me. Turn around. Stand right here. So listen, if we're looking at this picture here, which of these three men is the closest to God? Pedro, right? I mean, it's right here. He's the, he's the closest one. But what if I tell you that Pedro has been on a real slide here lately? I mean, it's it's he was once really, really close. If I had taken this picture a little while back, he'd have been over there. Now he's slid all the way to here. And he's continuing in this process. What if I told you 
that this gentleman right here has been in this same spot for 30 years. Hasn't gotten closer, hasn't gotten further. Just content. What if I tell you down here, Alphany here, is on fire. Just got set ablaze. And he is taken off. Can I tell you something? Our problem a lot of times is we look at life in pictures. Life is not a picture, it's a movie. You come back three minutes from now, and Alphany could be over there. This whole arrangement could be rearranged other than God, right? Come on. Don't do that to yourself, men. Well, you don't know where I'm at. I don't care. Grow up. Get moving. Get engaged. Get started. Change who you are. Change your marriage. You do that by taking that first step. Thank you, man. Do y'all give him a hand? Listen, don't be intimidated by your lack of spiritual knowledge. Besides, can I just tell you? It's probably not your lack of biblical knowledge that's kept you from sanctifying through the scriptures. It's probably your lack of initiative. So why not start today? Why not start today? Last thing. Because I know their wives are sitting here like, man, that was great for my husband. But, I mean, what's my part in this? I'm so happy that you asked that. Because if I'd have started with this scripture, some of y'all would have been really upset. But let's go back. Two verses. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. Come on. In other words, let him do it. Come on, man. Step up. Wives, let him do it. Encourage him. Be excited when he finds scripture that relates to the situation you're in. Submit and receive what he's saying. Because if he's doing it right, God's saying it, not your husband. Come on, be open to it. Man, I, I, I've learned over the years that wives have no problem submitting to husbands who love them the way Christ loves the church. Caught a new song this morning. He's in the waiting. Well, you don't know how long our marriage has been in this position. Who cares? Do something about it. He's in the waiting. He's never failing. Take courage, my heart. Be steadfast, my soul. Come on. Keep pressing ahead. Don't quit. Don't stop the fight. Amen? Amen. Father God, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for this time. I thank you, God, for your word. I thank it for... All that you had to say this morning, God. And I pray, Lord, that the men in this house, they step up, God. And that the ladies in this house, they step up by saying, I want more of that. I'm willing to submit to what God is showing you. Just continue to deposit into my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We would love to hear how God is moving in your life. Share your story by visiting theexchangechurch.org and click on connect to contact us.